0: Welcome to the O Shift for Teens podcast, a show where I team up with a thought leader and we discuss a new topic question that will help you better understand your teen. I'm your host, Mark Tucker, co-author of O Shift for Teens, as well as the O Shift for Teens curriculum and the O Shift for Teens workshop kit, which is being used by facilitators everywhere. Head to oshift.com and join the growing movement of shift heads all across the world. Well, I hope your week is going well. I hope that you get a lot out of this podcast. I know that I do, uh, and we're uh, we're moving ahead. Jen and I, we're keeping super busy in our O-Shift world, uh, helping not just teens but adults. But just the other day, we were at an iLEAD conference here in Oregon. We don't get a lot of chance to do things here in our home state, but this was kind of a cool conference and where we got to speak directly to teens. We don't typically do that. We typically help people like yourselves, that are helping teens or that are parents of teens. Um, But once in a while, we get a chance to talk directly to teens. And that's a lot of fun. Everything that Jen and I do is about you, is about supporting the work that you do. Uh, We put great curriculum out there uh, that is for you to uh, bring to the adults and teens in your life. Uh, We make it super easy to facilitate. If you have not figured out what I'm talking about, head to Ochef.com. Uh, we put it all out there for you. You can get a free download of Jen's best-selling book, O-Shift, right on the homepage. Uh, again, it's all about you. It's how you can get involved and make yourself uh, super powerful in your own world. And again, you know, this this podcast is about helping teen advocates to just have some support. You know, a lot of us uh, as parents and teen advocates, we're winging it. You know, we're doing our best without really any uh, information. We didn't necessarily have a great home life when we were kids. And so the roadmap isn't clear for us. So we've got to kind of make it up as we go. And and I'm more aware of that than most people. I didn't have much of a home structure. I was the fifth in household with a single mom. And so being a father was all new to me. Being a good parent was all new to me. And uh, so it's been a journey figuring out how to do a good job at that. And I know a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't wing it. You don't have to wing it anymore. I'm here. I'm uh, being joined each week by guests that know what they're talking about. So uh, join me on this journey. Uh, Listen and and pick out the the show that really uh, resonates most for you or listen to them all. That would be even better. Today on the show, I've got my good friend Keith Senzer. I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. Keith and I are uh, working on an endeavor where we're uh, putting together a youth uh, empowerment Camp next August, and uh, you could probably, after the holidays, get a little more information about that, about sending your teen there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Keith and I are both, you know, we, we like to do a good job, so we're going to put together something that's really cool, probably a, a three- or four-night camp where your kid goes, probably somewhere in the East Coast. So stay tuned for more of that. Keith is a really good friend and a, and a guy who does a lot of our uh speaking directly to teens. He's an Oshif facilitator and uh, a really cool guy. So uh, I sat down with him a little while ago. We had a great interview talking about how do we help teens build confidence, a great topic and a great conversation. So sit back and enjoy the conversation with New York based coach Keith Senzer.
1: My guest today is Keith Senzer. Keith Senzer is a New York based youth empowerment coach and motivational speaker. He's a licensed facilitator of O-SHIFT and O-SHIFT for teens and is our number one facilitator who speaks to large audiences of youth, teaching them self-awareness, how to deal with change and how to stop playing the victim role. Keith works with teens to embrace who they are, how to step into their power and how to operate at their full potential while also becoming leaders among their peers. Keith is also my partner in an endeavor we 're putting together a youth empowerment camp, which is happening next August. Keith, how are you doing sir i'm um, great mark how are you great, So glad to have you on the show keith you 're the go to guy when we have a big uh, you know we have a, a big group of teens that are getting together. see people come to us to Jen and i when when mostly when Jen goes and speaks and they say. Will you come speak to our teens? And we look at them like they just said something horrible, right? And so we say, "No, we don't. We don't do that." But well, we got a guy. We got a guy who does that. and that's you. Everybody in New York has a guy. <laughs> you're our, you're our New York guy. How do you, how do you like doing that? How do you like going and talking directly to teens? I love it. This is the, you know, this is for sure. It took me a long time to find it, but this is definitely, I feel like, my calling in life. It just took me, you know, 48 years to get there. Yeah, yeah. And I know i know you are amazing at it. Um, I don't, now, I don't know if you know this, Keith, but um, last time you spoke, I think you were in Virginia, and somebody, they, they thought that you were Jen's husband. I was in Tennessee. They thought I was you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play along with it? I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that. Did you play along with it? No, I was, I was pretty upfront about it. I probably could have messed with them a little bit. We'll see how that, we, I don't know how that would
2: have went down there in uh, Tennessee.
1: <laughs> so, so you and I were talking about this, and I know we have, we have a topic to get to. We'll get to it in a second, but this this camp that we're putting together. Now, this was your idea to put together a camp. So, well, you know, I, I grew up going to summer camp, and uh,
2: my kids both went to sleepaway camp. And just the format of camp in general, it's such a good opportunity for kids to learn how to be independent and, you know, deal with conflict and have to deal with issues and, and resolution and, uh, you know, they're, they're, sharing, they're sharing space together for, you know, a good seven or eight weeks. So a lot of opportunities come up for leadership and growth. And I learned so much about just being a, you know, being an adult at camp. And just the format of camp is so great. And, you know, I've done some personal development work on myself over the years, uh, not necessarily at a camp. But, you know, I've done a three- or four-day workshop that was pretty intense. And uh, I feel like, you know, if you, can get, if you can get the kids for three or four days, there's undivided attention. But also make it fun at the same time, and really, you know, have opportunity after opportunity to, you know, do exercises where they don't necessarily know that they're being, you know, coached, or they don't they don't realize that there's a lesson to be learned. They they think they're having a good time, and really you're teaching right. a pretty deep lesson. Three and a half four days to be able to do this in an environment where they're with other kids. There's opportunities to just kind of dine and socialize and have a good time. You know, there's sleep at night where they can go back to the bunks, and you know, and have an hour to kind of detox and talk to each other and share. So. I just thought it would be great to do a really intense, you know, three or four days where we can take these kids and, and really teach them how to be good leaders, teach them how to feel good about who they are, uh, and, you know, in hopes that when they come back, they're a little changed, and hopefully it rubs off on their, on their peers and their colleagues.
1: Yeah, when Keith came to, to me with this idea, I really um, jumped on board, and um, it sounds like a perfect fit for, you know, teaching the O'Shift principles, but also, you know, it. gosh, I think I was 13 the last time I went to camp, and I could tell you that it was a it was real really kind of a game changer for me. I mean, the experience of being around um, people that were were sort of in my same mindset, that were open to change. And um, so you had mentioned youth empowerment camp. I just I just love that opportunity, and, and I think I'll probably bring my son. How about you? I'd love to bring my son up there. So right now we're we're talking about maybe having this in Pennsylvania.
2: Yes, I have a. So the camp that both my kids went to is uh, Camp Camp Tioga in Thompson, Pennsylvania, and uh, yeah, it's about three and a half hours from New York, but it's very, pretty much three and a half hours from New York, from other parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut. You know, pretty much the east, east, right. east coast. From, I guess you can say, uh, you know, maybe it's five hours from Rhode Island or, or Boston, but you know, it's it's a great opportunity to get kids from, you know, various areas together. And, you know, I'm hoping that we don't get, you don't want a lot of kids from the same. You know, I would like to get kids from varying backgrounds. Uh, it makes it much more powerful because they can really, you know, you might have some kids there who are very privileged and some that aren't, and they'll really have a lot to teach
1: each other. I can't wait, uh, Keith. I, I love it. I love that you've come up with this idea. I really am yeah. honored uh, that I'm going to be part of it. Uh, so, uh, folks, if you're thinking uh, about an opportunity to uh, empower your teens, uh, that's, you'll hear more. I, I expect we'll have a website up about it uh, after the holidays. In the meantime, if you want to stay in touch, you can email me directly at marketoshift.com. i I promise I'll keep you on a list uh, so you'll be um, one of the first uh, because I, I think space will be somewhat limited. Um, we'll keep people updated. How, how's that, Keith? Sounds great. Perfect, perfect, and, and we'll talk about how to uh, get a hold of you uh, at the end here. Keith, when I sent you a list of the things that uh, you thought would be interesting to talk about, now I do this to all my guests, a uh, topic question for today. Um, you chose how do we help teens build confidence? How do we help teens build confidence? What, what was it about that topic that got you interested? Well, I, I feel like most of the speaking and most of the workshops,
2: especially the OSHIF workshop, uh, which I just think is the best thing, is is it's all about confidence. It's all about leadership. It's all about feeling good about who you are. But it's also about realizing who you are and being that person for others. You know, I, f- I feel a lot of what I teach is what you put out there is what you get back, you know, the whole law of attractions. It's very important that these kids feel good about who they are because, I mean, we see what's going on in the world. I mean, we don't have a lot of very good adults, you know, running things. So yeah, I mean, we, need, yeah, we yeah. need better people. You know, we, we need the younger generation to really feel good about who they are and then make a difference, make a positive difference in the world. So, you know, for me, this is an important thing. And it's also growing up where I am. I'm on, you I know, mean, I'm in New York. I live on Long Island. And as parents, we care very much about our kids and we do everything we can to protect them and to make them feel good. But, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, I, rode my, I told my mother I was going to ride my bike two towns over to play hockey. And I you know, threw my sack on my back and my hockey stick and I drove my bike across major roads. And <laughs> as long as I was back for dinner, she was okay. Right. Now yeah. you'll text every 10 minutes as you cross the road, Yet You hear you. You know, yeah. there's so much opportunity to be in touch. And, be, and because we're loving parents and because we care about our kids, we sometimes, I think, protect them too much or we, we enable yeah. them too much. And then you end up with
1: entitled adults
2: and enabled adults, which isn't good.
1: I, I think this is very interesting. So we're we're backing up even before they're teens. We're talking about when they're little kids. And, and don't you find that – and I know, like you said, we do this out of love, but we sort of over-congratulate our kids for their smallest accomplishments. Like you just said, you, you, you rode your bike – uh, two towns over. Nowadays, we would be giving our kids standing ovations for riding up the street by themselves. Are we Absolutely. are we doing a disservice when on the soccer field, you know, they lost by six, but we're still giving them a trophy? You know, what I was
2: getting at is, to answer your question, b- because of these behaviors, you know, because of the way we do things sometimes, these kids don't grow up so confident because they're, they're used to somebody being there or they're used to somebody bailing them out or... or, or You know, if they're about to fail, kind of swooping in to save the day. And I think that to be confident, to learn how to be confident, you know, you have to learn how to fall. You have to learn how to just get up and brush yourself off and move forward and do better the next time. And I think when you do it on your own and you realize, hey, this wasn't as bad as I thought, I I think you're going to have more confidence. The same thing with fear. You know, we're afraid to do things because we're afraid of the consequences. But once we actually face our fear, we look back and we go, I can't believe I was afraid of that.
1: You know, so all that
2: to me has to do with confidence. When we
1: do that, now, I, I, I have a friend, and every time I would see her, now she's got older kids, right? These kids are in their late teens. And the mother is just always saying, oh, how wonderful these kids are. And you see the kids start to roll their eyes, right? They starts to become disingenuous. They don't believe it anymore. So hmm. now when whenever I say something to my kid to really honor what they've just accomplished, they don't even believe me anymore because I've sort of worn out that welcome. And so I I don't think that a lot of times parents or teen advocates are necessarily seeing the sort of the long-term repercussions of over-praising. And uh, when I do that, then my kids really don't believe me anymore. And so it could be stop trying, or on the other side of that, anything they do they expect that there's some sort of savant, and then they go out into the world and realize, that that little bit of effort isn't going to get them quite the traction that it used to get them. You know, even even look at all the extracurricular stuff that kids do, like when you talk about
2: confidence. You know, they're in chorus or they're in this and that. In their school, you know, they get all the leads and they're, they're the number one part in all the drama All the drama and chorus, chorus events. And, you know, then they go to college and they're one among a thousand. And all of a sudden they're not number yeah. one anymore. And, you know, we don't prepare them for that and all of a sudden they're, oh, my God, I'm terrible, I'm horrible, you know, what happened to me, you know, nothing happened to you, you, you were great, but so is a lot of other great people out there, you know, and it's, you don't have to be number one all the time, you have to be have to be happy with what you're doing and enjoy it. A lot of this has to do with failure, you know, I've seen situations where, you know, a test is given and half the class fails and you got going to have
1: the parents calling in. Why or, why, why are we calling in? Why, are we call, why, why don't we want our kids to experience failure? Well, I think we love them and we care about them, but I think
2: sometimes – if your kid fails, does that somehow project onto you that you, you know you failed as a parent, which is not the case at all? But you know we're we're going to do everything to protect them because oh my God, God forbid my kid fails, you know what's somebody going to think? Yeah. Did, did I do a bad job? You know, or we worry about them so much, we worry about what their ego or the or how fragile they're going to be in that circumstance. We don't want them to, we don't want them to have to go through that. So you know we do we can to protect them, but really by protecting them. You know, I really feel like what we're doing to set them up for failure.
1: Okay, let's talk about this idea. Now, you mentioned earlier that failure is important for the teen's development. I mean, what does that do? Shall we let our kids fail a little bit? Is that what you're suggesting? Well,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when I say fail, you know, obviously the situation that is, is dangerous. or You know, of course not. But, you know, if a kid – I mean, I'll give you an example. I, I, listen, I can share personal examples of how I've worked with my kids. I, I remember my daughter coming home from school once and telling me that her social studies teacher's terrible and she has to change the class because she doesn't teach. And I said to her, do you have a textbook? She said, yeah. I said, you're good. I said, what do you mean I'm good? I said, the teacher doesn't teach. I said, but you know what chapter you're supposed to learn, right? You know the material you're supposed to learn. Yeah. I said, you're just going to have to work a little hard in this class and figure it out on your own. And she was, oh my God, you know, that's not right. All my (laughs) friends are switching. But I said, you know what? Listen to me. I go, this is a terrible idea. I go, this is your teacher. You're going to get a boss one day who you don't like. You're going to quit your job. I go, it is what it is. I go, figure it yeah. out. And she did. And she came up to me, you know, like at the end of the year and was like, you know, I wanted to kill you when you first told me that. She goes, but I understand mm-hmm. why you did it. She goes, and I'm so glad you did because she actually did great in the class. And she felt great. She felt great that she was able to figure it out and learn the material. She felt great that she was able to do this. And th- so that's just a small example.
1: Not only did she feel great, but you taught her a lesson about, hey, there's other ways to get this information. Instead of leaning on the teacher, you can go to the textbook. you know. So when she gets further down the road and she can't switch or switching is not an option or doing the easy way isn't an option, you just have to work harder. So you taught her a right. lesson about that as well. Yeah, and I, I urge, I say
2: to parents, you know, any parents out there that are, that are listening to this, you know, the best, the best way to combat a child who's, you know, brings up a situation like that is to just, you know, fast forward 15 years when they're out of college and in the real world and take, take the same scenario of, you know, here you are, you know, I don't like this. Well, what are you going to do in 15 years when you're on your own, you're at a job, your boss tells you to do this, your boss assigns you a project or whatever you husband you're married. And you know what? Your husband says, I'm going out with my friends tonight. You have to fast forward it sometimes to the future and be like, how, how would they react? Because if you enable them and you do it for them and you keep them from failing, they're going to have that
1: same expectation down the road. What we're talking about before is giving them sort of the tools to navigate through the pressures when we're not there. I I always remember I had this 10th grade class and it was one of those super squirrely classes. And I had this one kid in there and he was just trying to do his best. And there was just a bunch of knuckleheads in there. And I realized, man, that guy's he's doing very well navigating through that, that wild tumultuous environment that he's in. And, um, and that's a skill to be able to do that. So, when we take away those opportunities for our kids to, um, to be tough enough to problem solve themselves, to, you know, navigate successfully through, we really leave them vulnerable in those situations where we're not around, which is the yeah. majority of life. You know Absolutely. and so I think I think what you're talking, about, and, and I've known adults who just sort of get into adulthood and they just don't have what it takes just to deal with the simplicities of life, so you know, and I think about like my own son, uh, my own sons, um, just asking them to do like chores and things like that, it's hard because I love them, and I want them to just be happy, happy, happy. but at the same time, I've got a 13 year old and I got five years to teach him essentially how to keep a house. And it's my responsibility to do that. And if I don't, I'm really sort of shortchanging him. And this, the second, the second thing is, I I remember reading uh, one time about this guy, Mike Linderman. He's a he's a, a guy out of Montana, a psychologist over there. And uh, in his book, he talked about helping his dad build this fence. And it was like the hardest job he's ever done, you know. But the pride of accomplishment when he did that you know at the end of the day when they're leaning against a truck having a soda pop whatever that he could look at that and say I did that so when we shield our kids from accomplishments from real accomplishments we actually cheat them of having really a sense of pride in themselves which I think lends itself directly to the confidence, confidence are feeling good about it. it's those things that identify us as people it, it really especially as men I mean I'm sure women are the same but it's the things that you do that you feel proud about so I think that that's really important to keep in the forefront because I do mm-hmm. think and maybe I'm living in a bubble here in Portland Oregon but I think that many parents out there really are doing it out of love or shielding their kids are doing for sure. them they're over encouraging them but I think that it's nice to hear from you and me that there's a reason that you make kids work and, and accomplish things and actually really accomplish things for, for their confidence and self-esteem. We all as parents want, want to do the right thing, but, it, you know, when, again, it goes back
2: to fear. You know, kids aren't the only ones with fear. Parents have fear, too. You know, we fear, we fear of repercussions of what could happen if our kids fail. It's that whole, again, it goes back to, I mean, how the universe works. You know, if, if you think positive, if you say it's going to happen and you feel confident about things happening, It's going to happen, you know, and when you say to yourself, I'm going to fail this test, I don't know this material, you know, you're going to convince yourself that you don't know it and you're not going to do it. But if you go in there and say, you know what, I got this, I'll be okay. You might not get 100, but you're going to be okay. You know, what you say, whether internally or externally, really has an impact on how you're going to, what's going to happen for you. I think we talk about that old shift a lot too with the power of words. The whole self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, if you're you're confident and you say something with, with confidence like you mean it, You know, you're going to, you a better chance of achieving it. You know, if you're the person who's, you know, sitting there going, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that, I'm not good at this, you're going to psych yourself out. You're going to convince yourself you're not good at it, and you probably aren't going to be very good at it. So a lot of confidence really, to me, ties back to, you know, our internal and external dialogue and what we say to ourselves and what others, and and what others say to us. You know, it's, it's what we receive from others. And you know what, if you're a kid who doesn't have a lot of confidence and you're constantly receiving, whether it's from peers, you know, or... Your parents' things that don't make you feel so good, that's just going to make it worse.
1: Well, well I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. It's funny that I, it took me so long in this t- conversation to, to think of, oh, shift and, and it actually attracting positive things in your own life. It, and, and how empowering it is for teenagers. I, I just think about like in, in 10th grade, kids don't feel empowered. And to find out that they have so much more power than they thought that they did just by that the reactions actually are connected to their realities, that the words do attract in similar, uh, you know, sort of vibrations. And um, that is very empowering, not just to people, but when you're 14, 15 years old, it's a very empowering to realize that you have uh, control over your own destiny to some degree. You know, also, I think, which would be, which is so important, this is, and it's, this is, Another little
2: side project I'm trying to work on is, uh, you know, I really – I would love to figure out a way how to, you know, lobby up in, uh, you know, in Washington to the education department about having character development, you know, be part of school curriculum. You know, we teach math and social – I mean, we teach all the things these kids need to know. Absolutely. It's important. You need to know history and, you know, you want to – live in this country, you want to understand what's going on and you want to have a worldview of everything and I, I get that. But you know, we don't teach character development. We don't teach these kids how to be better better human beings, better adults. And I think if at you know at the eighth and ninth grade level, if we if we had some type of curriculum where, you know, over three or four years, you know, they work on these tools and they work on these things and, and at the end maybe it's a big legacy project that they do where they have to, as a group, do something that's going to make an impact in the world or make an impact in their local community. You know, just imagine the power of having, you know, an entire grade doing something that's going to have an impact on the community and how good they're going to feel and what that does for that community.
1: Keith, what you're talking about is a, just a national tragedy, and it has changed in the course of our uh, adult life. Uh, that used to be uh, tied into school. That has changed, and I think that's as, uh, you know, the requirements for math and science have become more important and leaving no child left behind. At the same time, it's an absolute deficit in our character development in the school system. That's why there's so many organizations that try to help teens that have sprung up and that are using those shift the majority we have we have an in school program we have an after school program the in school program is way 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 less used than the zillions of organizations that are trying to play catch up because the school systems don't do it anymore now that, you know some people might say it's not the the school's job. However, is it the school's job to uh, have educated kids or well-rounded kids that can function in society? Uh, That's a good question, but I I agree with you 100%. I'd love to see it back in schools as part of the school day so kids get out of their their high school experience having not just learned academics but also uh, basic character development. Go, going back to what you said before, um, that the, you know, parenting—it's a fine line between you know, over-praising your kid, but also letting them fail and that kind of thing. I can remember at a time in my life, you know, when I lived with my dad. He was not a, a supportive man. He didn't allow me to hang out with anybody. This is when I was thirteen, fourteen. I was very, very, very underconfident. I had no support system. I, it, it was just a miserable existence for me. When I was fifteen, we moved out. And I ended up living with my sisters and it was just this huge pendulum swing where they would just, they just threw all kinds of support my way. And I just, I literally transformed who I was, who, how I was showing up based on how I felt about myself. So I, I do think that beside for the, the self-empowerment, there are things that parents, yeah, teen advocates can do to um, support their kids. One thing that I do um, with my kids, and they play a lot of sports, instead of praising them for, like, well, great win, you're awesome, is to give them specific things that they did well and ask them for areas that they would want to work on. So, mm-hmm. hey, man, I, you, were really, you really hustled in the second half today. How would that feel? You know, that kind of thing. So being real specific about the things that we're praising, like you are kicking butt with your grades. You know, I'm going to post that up here. Well done. You know, how did you do that? You know, and let them really visualize how they did it. So, so that the praise is, is specific. It's about something that is tangible. It's not this general, like, wow, you're the best. It's a great strategy. I think it's worked very well, you know, for my boys, and I think, you know, I I think for a lot of people, if they're looking, they they don't want to just withhold praise because it's their natural tendency, but be specific about what you're praising kids for, and tell them, don't assume they know, especially with my leadership kids when I was teaching leadership, taking them aside and really giving them, them specific praise for something that they're doing. You could just see filling these kids up and, and realizing that that's something that they they can, first of all they get accolades for and that they want they want more of that, right? Like like you said when you when you when you praise them, if you praise them too much like you were saying before they either come to expect it or
2: what it really does is it, it diminishes the praise they're going to get when they do something really spectacular. You know, like they, right. they did something so great and you praise them and it's kind of like yeah well I always get thanked you know but when you really when you when you don't overpraise it really means a lot when you praise them for those things that they really right. made a significant accomplishment. And like you said, asking the questions, you know, how do you, and you're right, you know, how does it feel to do this? You know, this was really hard. Like you, you managed to do this. You, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel great, right? This is, that's, that's a perfect learning opportunity. I,
1: I really think failure and confidence go hand in hand. Keith, wonderful talking to you. Now, how, how do people find out more about you, what you've got going on? You can, my website is shift,
2: S-H-I-F-T, shiftyourpower.com, Y-O-U-R. Like feel free to email me at Keith at com. The name of the company is PowerShift Coaching. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. So I actually send out daily affirmations uh, Monday through Friday on all, all those channels. So uh, I have a lot of people that follow me. And uh, you know, I try to start people's day off nicely with some good positive thoughts.
1: Hey, Keith, thanks again for being on the show. Mark, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You, you bet. Well. Talk soon. Bye-bye.
0: That of course was New York-based life coach Keith Senzer, uh, who is doing some really great work. So look him up, find out what he's doing, and find out how um, he can help you in the work that you do. Thanks so much for joining us. If you've thought about becoming a facilitator of the either the curriculum or the OShift workshop kit for teens or adults, head over to oshift.com. Go to the tab that says Become Licensed Facilitator and find out exactly how to do that. And if you're left with any questions, feel free to email me at mark@oshift.com. In fact, you can email me for any reason. If you just want to say hello, you can do it. Or if you have a comment about the podcast or Jen and I's audio blog, you can do that as well, too. You can also go to the podcast tab on the website and put your comments there. We love for other people to be able to see your comments. And you could do that whether you agree or disagree with what you've heard. Uh, I'd love to hear your comments and I'm sure that other people uh, would too. Well, thanks again for joining us. I look forward to next week when we have a brand new topic and a brand new topic expert joining us. Uh, I hope to see you there. Uh, Until then, have a great week.